Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 224. This podcast is brought to you by Don the Beachcomber. Enjoy classic dining and cocktails in a tropical, exotic setting. Brought to you by 23 Restaurants Group. Coming soon to Madera Beach, Florida. The legend returns. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and tap room located in Northeast Los Angeles along the LA River. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing diverse menu. Tell them that Inside the Desert Oasis Room sent you and get your first pint on us. Limitations apply. For more information, go to frogtownbrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. Today we chat with Brian Inman. You might know Brian by his pseudonym, The Rum Champion, a rum enthusiast and educator who runs the Rum Curious Club, a monthly meetup where he hosts rum tastings at various bars across Southern California. On this episode, we share our very candid and sometimes controversial opinions on rum, cocktails, spirit snobbery, and more. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop, where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash polynesianpop, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases, as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. All righty, let's get into this. Pour yourself a glass of rum and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. Give it up for my friend, Brian Inman. want to start by making us a daiquiri with one of these. Um, Whichever you'd like. Any of these would be good Good options. Okay, so let me think about this. I want to try to make one with this worthy part. Yeah. Since you just broke that one out. And um, so we're going to try to make something with that. I love this. Buddy. Where did you get your hands on this? You know what? That one I got lucky. I was going to a wedding up in... The mountains, I forgot what the name of this little community is, where they do apple picking oh, okay. in the Inland Empire. Uh, God, I can't remember the name. I'm going to record you just yeah, for please. some content stuff. I'm not very good, but... Lies. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not, but, you know, hey, maybe, maybe I'll... Uh, I'll do okay this time around. All right, let me Gotta get, get my... you behind the stick at, at the tee. <laughs> um, okay, so lime, and I'm 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 supersizing this because there's going to be two of us. Easy. You know what's interesting too about the whole daiquiri thing is the whole concept. Do you know the the history behind the daiquiri? Uh, you know what? 
Yes and no. I don't know what what I know is the truth. Okay. So basically the story goes that this guy... And you guy... can tell me. Oh, oh, yeah. So you already said this guy. Yes. So what I know is different. Okay. So a gentleman by the name of Jennings Cox lived in the village of Daiquiri. Now, oh. Mr. Cox had some guests coming down from the United States. Okay. They loved gin. Now, there's only one problem. They were fresh out of gin. But he did have a large allotment of rum because he worked for John D. Rockefeller. He worked for the Bacardi Company. And that's a great shake. It's all in the style. Hey, there we go. But he didn't know if his guests would take to rum. And so what he ended up doing was taking a bunch of Bacardi Superior, which is very different from the stuff that they make today. Okay, so now we're getting close to the story that I know. Okay. So basically, he decided to use a pitcher put a bunch of Bacardi Superior in there, mix it with lime and granulated sugar, swizzled the heck out of it in the pitcher, and his guests loved it. And they asked, oh, what is this? He said, oh, it's a daiquiri. Because uh, they didn't really have a name for it. It's just where it came from, because he was a business guy. He wasn't really a bartender. And so after a while, it started in the village of daiquiri, but as time went on, it really ended up taking on a life of its own, and then it moved throughout Cuba, and then became really popular once Hemingway ah. actually really helped popularize it during Prohibition. Okay, so hang on. So while you're recording that, you can keep recording. You don't okay. have to stop. All right. Here we go. Smile for me while you do that. There you go. Oh, is this what we're going to do right here? Oh, yeah, yeah. So sorry. Here we go. All right. One, two, three. Lo oh, this is great. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Here's the story I heard about the daiquiri. Okay. Oh, here we go. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. We have to cross post those now. Yes, 100%. Um, okay, so here's a story I heard about the daiquiri. So I'll tell you this while we drink oh, yes. this. All right. All right, I'm so going to stop recording to enjoy this. Okay. You, you don't have to if you don't want to, but. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Worthy part okay. for the win. So. I did a tour of the Picardy facility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was a long time ago. It was probably about 12 years ago. This is delightful. And, um, yeah, it's about 12 years ago now that I think about it. On the tour, and it's a great tour. Have you ever done that tour? Yeah. It's very tourist forward, right? So they give you these <clears throat> drink tickets, and they give you drink tickets for three drinks, right? Um, they only serve three drinks in their bar. One is a daiquiri, yep. one is the mojito, and the other was a Cuba Libre. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and you get full-size drinks, right? And my wife, who's allergic to alcohol, gave me her three tickets, so I had six drinks. <laughs> Before we got on the tram, you get on a tram, yep, of course. and then you go through this whole thing, and like, you know, you walk through these, you know, these, they recreate these kind of dioramas of like, you know, what life was like in Cuba, because it came from Cuba, and... Then they take you to a, a Prohibition-style bar, yep. and then you have a bartender there who makes you Prohibition-style cocktails. He makes you, he shows you how to make three cocktails. Guess which, which, guess which three they are? The daiquiri, yep. the mojito, mm -hmm. and the cuba libre. Now, why those three? Because they claim to have invented those three cocktails. And if you use any other rum outside of Bacardi for those three cocktails, you cannot call it a daiquiri, a mojito, or a cuba libre. 
That's the story I heard with Daiquiri. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man. and I don't know if Bacardi is claiming this because of this, the story you told me that, okay, this, this drink was invented <clears throat> with Bacardi. Yep. And so Bacardi took the credit and said, well, like, we invented that drink. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what they told me at the distillery. Yeah. It, so Bacardi was used in the original Daiquiris uh, and Mojitos and Cuba Libres because it was obviously in Cuba and because during Prohibition, a lot of Americans just decided to up and go from Florida or wherever down to Cuba, Havana for the weekend or whatever. It is great. Worthy park for the win. Yeah. Mm. And they'd end up most likely at a few different places. And it's um, Beach Bum talks about it in Potions of the Caribbean, which is a huge catalyst for why I became more of a rum guy than a tiki person or a tiki guy. And um, just talking about they'd end up at most likely La Florida or La Floridita, Floridita. Um, yeah. because that's where Hemingway went. Right. And people wanted to get a glimpse of Papa and just to kind of either have a chat with him or whatever. But there were actually four different iterations of the daiquiri and they all used Bacardi. And for a long time, it's actually talked about in and a bottle of rum by Wayne Curtis as well. Bacardi was um, seen as the, the really superior product. Now, I'm not saying it is it is or it isn't today that's a matter of sure. you know personal opinion but back in the day in like the 40s 50s and 60s it was to where if somebody said it got it, it got to the status of google oh i'll have a bacardi and coke and so it came to a point to where if you said you wanted a bacardi and coke bacardi would actually sue if the bar if they found out that the bar was using a different rum because they cared about the quality of the liquid um, so that's where the yeah the, so the yeah, so it, it, it sounds like they're kind of, you know, in and of each other. These stories, you know, the thing about the uh, the Bacardi brand, Tiki people really like to shit on the brand, and yeah. we've talked about this before. There's a place for it, uh, yeah. I think. Like in every <clears throat> in every well, uh, there's a place for Bacardi, and you know, like if you don't want to have this high end drink and you just want a rum and coke you know like there's a place for bacardi exactly it does it does mix well with certain drinks <clears throat> and and that's okay to enjoy right now um here's the thing like when i went to the bacardi factory i kind of went in there with my nose up because of that yep right and i thought like ah well i'm puerto rico you know i want to do barrelito i want to do don q and i want to do bacardi yep so let's go to bacardi let's start bacardi right and um we go to Bacardi, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, Bacardi, whatever, <laughs> you know. And I'm walking through, and then I'll tell you, by the end of the tour, I was a changed person. I was converted to, like, yeah. you know, the, you exit through the gift shop, right? And I'm looking for cool stuff with the Bacardi logo on it. And they have a very interesting history. The distillery that they came from is where uh, Havana Club is being distilled today. Yep. And that distillery, you know, the reason why they left was there was things happening, right, politically with, mm-hmm. I think there was a revolution and all of that, right? Yep. And so the people at Bacardi left and they smuggled out the yeast for their, um, you know, the particular strain of yeast yep. that they use. So, um, and then they, they, they left secretly and then they started again in Puerto Rico yep. secretly. And they're still using that same strain of yeast, yeah. which I thought was really kind of cool because we happened to go there during their 150th 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, anniversary. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they were 75 years in Cuba before they went to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And then they were 75 years in Puerto Rico. And then they had all of these special products for the anniversary. They had master blenders come in and make this 150 um, year anniversary kind of blend. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. had aged rums that came out. And then later on, just like a couple of years later, our friend Jamie, who was uh, who a rep at Bacardi, mm-hmm. I don't know what she's doing these days. She met me for a podcast episode, and she brought the Ocho and yeah. you know the, the the eight, ten, and twelve, right? And they were fantastic, yep. you know. And I thought to myself, like, you know, why is everyone shitting on Bacardi? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I get it. Like their their bottom end spirit. Oh, and I even asked that that guy on the tour that does the art. He's in that Art Deco bar. Do you remember that? Did you do the tour? I don't think that bar is there. So when we went... It's at the end of the tour. Yeah, so when we went, we actually went with Fede Hernandez. Everybody oh, yeah. knows Fede. Federico. Uh, yeah. Federico knows the the people. So we had kind of a, a more VIP tour. Mm. So we didn't end up at in that place. We actually ended up in like a private room where... Yeah, I did the Universal Studios yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But... Um, I didn't see the Prohibition bar, but I know the one that you're talking about when you walk up and it's outside and you get those drink tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this one is inside uh, as part of the walking tour, and it's at the okay. end of the tour before they walk you into the gift shop. They they recreated an Art Deco bar. Okay. And, and it looks fantastic, right? And there's a guy back there with a bow tie and a vest. Sure. And, you know, and he's talking about all this stuff. And I asked him when he had, you know, this little Q&A, I said, why does the silver have no flavor being this rum snob tiki snob i was right (laughs) and he said he says we engineered it that way he's like that rum is supposed to be a rum that everyone can drink so people that scoff at like these really boozy or you know um funky yeah or whatever it is like this not this rum is not for that kind of the person that's looking for like a spirit forward rum. This rum is for the girls that are on a bachelorette party or for um, somebody that just turned 21 and they're celebrating with their friends and they're not familiar with spirits yet, but they want to have a cocktail with rum in it. We've engineered this rum so that anybody can drink it. Yep. And that, you know, it was, it was a great answer. And like I said, there's a place for it. After I, after he said that to me, I thought, yeah, there's a place for it. Yeah. You know, like you can't have other rums and someone's going to fill that spot. Someone's mm-hmm. going to say, someone has to come up with a rum that everyone can drink that doesn't right. taste like gasoline, you know. Yeah. And Bacardi's been doing that for 150 years. You know, so. Adrian, what's really funny is I had the exact same experience when I went to Bacardi. Um, and I love how they call it Bacardi in Puerto Rico. It's Bacardi. And, oh, um, okay. If for, for anybody listening, just think Chef Boyardi. Chef Boyardi. <laughs> and I had the exact same thing. And, and I've, because of the, I've been able to travel this year for, for rum and whatnot, it's been really cool to have my eyes open. And you and I have the exact same perspective. We've talked about this several times. But going into Bacardi, I did San Juan Artisan Distillers, newer distillery, cane juice, amazing stuff, hoping that they get into the U.S. soon. Uh, Baralito, um, Don Q, and then uh, Club Caribe, which is up in the mountains, uh, and then did some other ones as well, like Scryer and Old San Juan. But the whole time, I was just really shitting on Bacardi. I'm great that this is a profane uh, embracing podcast. This is right. wonderful. Uh, but, but I was like, oh, man, fuck Bacardi. Like this, right, just, right. You know, whatever. Right. They're the evil empire, blah, blah, blah. And <clears throat> went, did the tour, Christian, 
who's the Rum Islander on Instagram, so shout out Rum Islander, who was fantastic. And, and you know, being able to, to forego the stubbornness of like, oh, well, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. don't know. I, I like Hampton DOK yeah, super yeah. funky Mark Esther rums, and this isn't rum. But then to, to go through and just try, now they have a few different cask finishes. So they have the eight year, they have a rye cask, they have a sherry cask, and then they have a uh, an orange something cask finish. And just really changed my mind. And then they also have their special reserve, which you can only get there. And they basically etched my my name on it, El Campeón oh, de it. Ron. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. El Campeón de Ron is the rum champion in Spanish. And so love I almost kind of had a teardrop moment. But I tried a lot of it, and it was just there is a time and a place for for Bacardi, aged Bacardis especially. And I did a video on on my Instagram page, and man, the flack that I got, you sell out. You know, right. Bacardi, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. And my, my question to all those people is, have you tried it? Exactly. Or, or are you just exactly. poo-pooing well, on you it? Know, because... look, people are told what to like in a lot of different ways, whether it's through marketing or whether it's through peer pressure, or whether yep. it's through some kind of social channel that's, you know, paid to influence you in that thought. And a lot of times they, they're just, they just follow the herd, yeah. you know? And... Yep. Um, it's somebody that either hasn't tried it or it's just like, you know, like we make content, right? There are people who like, you'll spend all this time making this content and then somebody will put a, a dislike on it or they'll shit on it. And it usually comes from somebody that doesn't make content themselves. Yep. You know, it's like, it's, it's always like that. It's the yeah. person who hasn't tried it. <laughs> it's the person who hasn't done it. It's the exactly. person, you know, you just have to take it for what it is because, um, you know, that's the way the world works. Yeah, and you know, you know it's it's kind of like, I'm sure you've seen that meme. It's the cartoon meme kind of that you see in, in old newspapers, but it's a an overweight gentleman watching a beauty pageant uh, and judging the girl on the TV going, her nose is too big. Right. <laughs> it's just kind of that same thing right. to where it's, you know, unless you've tried things um, or, oh. Yeah, it's, like, the, it's the Monday morning quarterback. I always say that, right? Like the some guy's favorite Super Bowl team loses the Super Bowl and... Um, he says, yeah, well, you know what? They lost because of blah, blah, blah. Or they should take LeBron out. Or they should take, yeah. you know, and I know that's NBA. But, you know, I'm, I'm basically mimicking a person that, that thinks they know better. And I almost want to say, oh, why didn't we listen to you? <laughs> like, oh, so, yeah, well, you should have coached the team. We would have won the championship then. Yeah. Because you obviously have all the answers, you know. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, man, and that's just human nature. And it's it, it's it just it's something that that I've got to be in my bonnet about. I love that saying, by the way. I just yeah, it's right. so good. But but I do have a be in my bonnet um, about th- about this this notion that oh you shouldn't like. I mean, we've talked about like Diplomatico or Tendai or Zaya or right, Zacapa right. or whatever. Right. And and a lot of people seem to forget that these companies have been making rum in a, in a style that has added sugar sure. for longer than all of us have been alive. Right. But somehow you know better whether you, you are an experienced rum producer or you're just somebody that isn't. To me, it's also the pretentiousness <clears throat> of telling you how you're supposed to drink. Yeah. You're supposed to drink, you know, like, oh, you can't drink rum that's got added sugar, but it's okay if they add coloring. You can, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Because my thought is like, okay, so is that supposed to be because it's unadulterated? If you're supposed to drink it, like, I like putting sugar in my coffee. Yeah. So like, does, that I, mean, does that mean am I drinking my coffee yeah. wrong? I like to put syrup on my pancakes. So am, am I having am I, adulterated am I, pancakes? Am I, am I eating my pancakes wrong? <laughs> like, this is how I do it, right? And so, like, you know, yeah. and I can explain for the people that, you know, 
they scoff at how sweet Don Papa is because, yeah, Don Papa adds sugar. They, they readily admit that. They don't deny that. But it's distilled in the Philippines. And if yep. you know anything about the Filipino palate, Filipinos have a very sweet palate. Like yep. if you go to the Philippines, they put sugar in everything, including the spaghetti. So Even, even balut. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting at is there's sugar in everything, right? The food is really sweet. Yeah. And that is a lot of the reason why the Don Papa rum has sugar in it is because it's, it's made in the Philippines, so it's made for the palate of the local uh, people. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but you know, it's I mean, same thing in Central America too, right? Like Venezuela, uh, Guyana, El Dorado, which a lot of people have a, you know, like El Dorado's a bug. Oh, you know, they had so much sugar. It's like, well, but if that's the style, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's bad for everybody. Right. And, right. and then how also, dare you not like what I I'm, like? I'm telling you. And then what's, what's funny to me is there's this whole other concept of adulteration to where there's two things. So, okay, you're going to take an unadulterated, you know, no added sugars, colors, flavorings, you know, great. Um, but then the second you put that in a cocktail and you add sugar, you just adulterated the drink. And then you could also say that the argument could be made that is barrel aging, is that adulteration? Because you're changing the 100%. original liquid. So just this whole wow, thing that's a, about... That's, that's a serious, like, I've, that's something I've never thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've heard the the whole thing about body modification. Where people are like, "Oh, I can't believe they cover their their body in tattoos, or they're piercing their whole face, or blah blah blah." Like, that's not natural. Well, you know what else isn't natural? Going to the gym every day, and doing a hundred squats, and doing a yeah. hundred bench presses, and doing a hundred curl ups. That's not natural either. Yeah, that's body modification as well. I mean, even even so, running like marathons and doing Ironmans, like right. the human body wasn't designed <laughs> right. to run that's, a marathon, swim 12 miles, and exactly. bike 100, you know? So, yeah, yeah. so, well, I love, we really got into it. That Just before, right off of, yeah, we didn't, there was no soft ends. It's like, yeah, let me tell you right. something. That, you know what really grinds my right. gears? So, uh, did that, there you go, listeners, a little, a little taste of what Brian and I talk about off mic. <laughs> before we go any further, I, I, I want people to learn more about you. Um, you know, you and I have just become friends recently. And fast friends. I think that you're, yeah, fast friends. And and you're an interesting person. It's it's almost like you kind of came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> Who is this guy that knows everything about rum? So can you give us a little bit about your origin story? Yeah. Uh, the first disclaimer is I do not know everything about rum. The more I learn, the, the more I realize I don't know anything about anything. Kind of like good, what good old Socrates had said. The only thing I know is that I know nothing. Um, for me, where do I begin? Well, uh, I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Long I'm walks kidding. on the beach. Yeah, long walks on the beach. Uh, I yell at the TV when my team's doing do you poorly. Like coladas? And getting caught in the rain. Um, so, let's see, about me. Um, going back to the creation story, uh, I'd always loved going into tiki bars. And the first time I ever went into a tiki bar, it was completely just because a girl I was dating at the time, her sister actually worked for Disney. So, you know, you go in and if you know a cast member, they let you in, they give you tickets, you go enjoy the park, whatever. After uh, my girlfriend and I, it didn't work out for anybody that's <laughs> wondering alert. that. Spoiler alert. But after we were down in the park, um, girlfriend's sister said, hey, we're going to go to Trader Sam's. And I was like, okay. Um, and then you go, it's in the middle of the courtyard of the Disneyland Hotel. All right, whatever. So, you know, you go and it's, you kind of just see the outside and you don't really appreciate. The second I opened the door and walked in and I went, 
Whoa. Right, right. What is this place? You know, and of course, they you know they had the, somebody ordered the Krakatoa punch, so the LED screens are, there's fire sirens, and the, the LED screens are showing volcanoes shooting out, and, you know, it was just a, oh, thanks for the top sure. off. <clears throat> it was just an interesting approach of just, I immediately fell in love with that escapism that really, I didn't know at the time, but embodied Tiki. Sure. And of course, all the pageantry of the uh, Oas didn't realize until actually talking to you that all of that pageantry actually came from was Tiki. Was stolen. Tiki. Was stolen. <laughs> Cultural appro Tiki appropriation. Tiki appropriation. <laughs> and so, you know, I um, fell in love with it. I didn't even look at any of the drinks, but started ordering these cocktails. I was like, I looked at the zombie and I said, that's amazing. Didn't even look what was in it. Drank it super quick and was like, that's great. What's in that? That's rum. Okay. And then I ordered, you know, another drink. Had to use the restroom after downing two tiki drinks in about an hour. Right. Stood up and I went, wait, I'm going to sit back down for a little bit. But I was I was really hooked from there. So outside of that, I lived in Orange County at the time. Um, and Tiki Tea was like my my place. If I Or not Tiki Tea. That came later. But Trader, Trader Sam's, Sam's was yeah. Trader Sam's was my As place Orange for a long County. time. Yeah. yeah, because it was, I would take anybody and everybody, um, you know, different dates, um, buddies who'd never been there, whatever, whatever. Oh my God, you got to check this place out. It's so awesome. And then a uh, career change, job change happened in tech. And I ended up going to... Oops. Oh, Whoa. I'm sorry. No, I we're didn't good. even see that there. Nope, we're good. I'm going to okay. move my glass right. sorry, out of sorry, the danger, sorry. danger zone. No, we're good. Um, and moved up to LA. Or actually, for a time, I got a different job. So I was commuting from Newport Beach up, wow. to, up to Glendale. Now... I went to Damon's, you know, that Tiki Steakhouse. I went to Tiki Tea. I went to Tonga Hut. Damon's is the food is great. Yeah, Damon's. Damon's is great. The cocktails they're, leave something you know, to be desired, but you know that they're they're fine. They're passable. Mm -hmm. The Chi passable. I mean, yeah. you know, hundred percent. Enjoy it with a with the steak. Yeah, the food is great there. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, I love it. Shout before out you continue, yes, I want to make another one. Daiquiri. Another daiquiri. Okay, we did the Worthy Park. Um, so. We did that one. Um, uh, I want to try one of these two because these left kind of an impression on me. Which one did you like better, the Australia or the Fiji? You know, like. Uh, I like the Australia better. Yeah, let's so do let's it. do that one. Okay. Also, okay, anybody so listening? Uh, Dead Reckoning Daiquiri, Dead Reckoning Australia. If anybody's interested Dead in Reckoning Dead Reckoning, Australia. it's available at KNL. Delicious stuff. Um, shout out David at KNL. I don't know if you know David. He's a good. There human. we go. There um, we go. Love it. Okay. ADHD. So you had said Damon's. Oh yeah. So Damon's. But then honestly, like I'll never forget. I had to drive back to Newport because I hadn't moved yet. I was waiting for my lease to expire down in Newport before I could be in LA. This was 2019, and I'll never forget, I was at Tonga Hut and uh, ordered the 1934 Zombie. And let me just say, everybody knows this, I didn't know this at the time, that the 1934 Zombie is drastically different than Trader Sam's Zombie. I'm just oh, going to yeah, say. Yeah. So I, I remember drinking about half of it, and I was Everything sitting with one of my coworkers, than Trader Sam's. And, and I went, <laughs> and I, I told my friend, her name is Sharon, hi Sharon, if you're listening, but I went, Sharon... I can't finish this. I have to drive to Newport. I drank maybe half of it and was like, you got to finish this because otherwise I won't be able to drive. Um, <laughs> and so anyways, just fell in love with Tiki for a long time. And then I ended up moving to downtown LA March 6th of 2020. And it was, man, it's going to be great. I'm close to Tiki Tea. I'm close to yeah, Tonga Hut. Yeah. I'm, You're close downtown. To You're I'm, I'm close to Kanye. It's going to be great. 
And then pandemic happened, and I, oh, you know, so it was yeah. really weird living in downtown yeah, yeah. LA during the pandemic because I kind of felt like one of the first episodes of The Walking Dead, where you're going through like Atlanta and no one's around, and it's kind of this is weird. So, anyways, and, and then obviously the the whole COVID thing happened, and on the backside of that, as it became clear that the the lockdown, quote unquote, not not quote unquote, the literal lockdown was coming to an end, you know, somehow, some way. I decided, hey, I'm going to throw a tiki party. I've always enjoyed hosting people. I've always sure. enjoyed being the bartender. I'm not a professional bartender, far from it. Ooh, thank you, sir. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. to me. Cheers to you. Oh, yeah. my. I like that better than the yeah. Worthy Park one. Yeah, that's... That's brighter. Yeah, it's certainly different, but... Both but, are great. Both are great. Both I, are th- great. I think I like the Worthy Park one better, really? but I think they're but they're I think they're both good. Mm. Okay, um, so uh, you thought let's have a tiki party. Oh yeah, have a tiki party, and there was only one problem. I didn't know how to make tiki drinks, right? And so I wasn't gonna have you know pina colada. Again, there's nothing wrong with pina coladas, but I don't think tiki when I think pina colada. I think you know I'm on well, the beach. Well, it's not really a exactly. tiki drink, right? It's more of a it's more of a Caribbean it's a Caribbean cocktail. cocktail. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just like. Painkillers have found their way onto tiki menus, and uh, you know a tiki drink is based on rum, lime, and sugar. Yep. And a painkiller is not rum, lime, and sugar. Yeah. It's, it's everything else. Exactly. Orange juice, pineapple juice, coconut. I mean, and pussers has to be pussers. Has Otherwise, to be pussers. pussers will sue you. Right. Right. And that's another <laughs> drink. Like you know, it's we protected. talk about Bacardi and um, uh, dark and stormy. Yeah, as well. dark and stormy is Very another protected. one, right? <clears throat> so, um, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. no, no, you're good. Please, this this helps. This helps with the flow. Um, and so, wanted to make sure that people enjoyed zombies, navy grogs, cobras, fangs, the things that I absolutely fell in love with. Where do you start? So naturally, I turned to YouTube, and I found a channel called Distinguished Spirits where I understand that you know the gentleman, I don't know him. We just recorded a bunch yeah, of content yesterday. Yeah, which is <laughs> such a small world. Uh, but shout out to Distinguished Spirits. What's his name? Uh, his name is Jeremy Floyd. Jeremy Floyd, um, shout out Jeremy he's Floyd. He's got the most <coughs> ASMR oh my narration God. voice that uh, on YouTube uh, oh my I've God. ever heard. I'm right? sure everybody so knows super him, soothing. but, but my, my impersonation, because you know, I was just like, okay, how do, I, how do I make a Mai Tai? And then, of course, you click the video and you have the, the cello the, or the jazz, doom, right, right. Doom, doom, and you hear, today we're going to be making a tiki right, classic, right. <laughs> the 1944 Mai Tai. Well, you know, so it's funny, is, that's a great impression. So what's funny is his narration voice is not the same as his speaking voice, although his speaking voice is still very radio-like. Yeah. But his narration voice is very... Oh, it's so good. It's very, like, you know... Spa. Like. Oh, it's it's very spa, yeah. silky smooth. smooth, silky smooth. Yeah. And so in the, the thing lounge, is, like, yeah, this is a right? drink made by Trader Vic. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, dude, you sound just yeah. like him. So if I, I, I should have lined been, it up so that you guys were here together, that would have been lovely. Next that, time, that would have been great. But you know, the thing is, I I like to give my guest the attention that they deserve. <laughs> yeah. So like, this session is you and me, and when I recorded with him like that session was me and him like sure. it's, you know no splitting the time no trying to like you know like you today's your day you know what i'm saying so yeah. um 
So you you watch Distinguished Spirits? Yeah, and and uh, all of them, right? Every single tiki one, and there's so many. You know, the Chief Lapu Lapu, and all of his videos are great. But Chief Lapu Lapu, yeah. uh, shout out Chief Lapu Lapu posthumously, who kicked the shit out of the Magellan. Spanish, yeah, Magellan, <laughs> um, who also just looked down on the natives and went, "Oh yeah, this would be a piece of cake." And then, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. Um, but that's a whole nother story in and of itself. Uh, Navy Grog Mai Tai, and it really helped me in the zombie. Just going through the, the history of the drink. And, and his, then, his episodes are really well-researched. Yeah, lots absolutely. Of it, lots of uh, history in them, lots of documentation. Yep. Um, yeah. It's so. just to the point. And then also, especially because I knew very little about rum at the time, I was a single malt scotch guy because, you know, okay. there's nothing manlier than drinking single malt scotch because that's what so you drink. this wasn't that long ago. You learned a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. So this was, yeah, uh, 2021. May 2021 was when the party happened. I went from no rums to about 15 because of Distinguished Spirits. And every time he would talk about this book that, oh, my God, you got to pick up this book called, I got this, cla- I got this recipe from Smuggler's Cove. <laughs> and you're like, oh, damn, all right. So I picked up Smuggler's Cove, devoured the book, learned the whole world of tiki that, you know, I'd gone to these tiki bars, but I never really appreciated the history or how we got here. Yeah. And so consume the book. And then there's a few pages where, where Martin Kate, I don't know Martin, hopefully we'll meet him one day. Oh, that's surprising. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know Martin. I don't know Beach Bum. That's um, surprising. Yeah, I don't know a lot of. I, I do I know Ed. I would expect you to know. I, I know Ed Hamilton very well. Ed's Ed's favorite thing. You you talk to Ed, and he has a million amazing and very interesting stories. Yeah. And then he'll tell you something, and then he'll alleviate to another story. Yeah. That's equally as fascinating, yeah. but he doesn't tell you. He goes, but that's another story. Right. <laughs> he he has. A, he also has an interesting origin story. Yeah. 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 So. Anyways, because of Distinguished Spirits and Smuggler's Cove, I went from no rums to like 15. I put together a cocktail menu, QR codes around my apartment. My girlfriend and I actually decorated the house tiki style. And there was about 20 people that showed up. And I didn't pre-batch the 1934 zombie. So naturally, 20 people. And, you know, I lost the eighth of a teaspoon. I'm like, where's the eighth of a teaspoon of Perno? What's going on? But I I absolutely love the party. It was really well received. And, (coughs) excuse me. Then I started realizing, okay, so what else about rum? And so the more I, I would actually take a copy of Smuggler's Cove, I'd go to High Times, shout out High Times in Costa Mesa, and I would just look through the book and I would say, what rums don't I have? And I would just start grabbing Mm. bottles and I'd say, I'm going to grab one and I'd come home with 12 and my girlfriend's in the corner going, really? We needed 12? You know what? It's, if (coughs) if anybody's ever been to High Times, it, it's got this kind of spell that it, puts on you when you walk through the door. Ah, put a there's, spell on there's you. There's no way to walk in there and say, you know what, I just need a bottle of... I just want one. Yeah, you know what, I, I need to pick up that, a bottle of whatever it is, fill in the blank because I ran out. And you walk out with six bottles of, yep. of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know? not only just rums, but they have a lot of... Uh, of good liqueurs and, yeah. and everything. I mean, even if you're not just a rum person, they have a ridiculous amount of agave spirits. And, and I don't know how they choose what they put on their sale shelves. <coughs> so, you know, they have those sale shelves in the yeah, corner, yeah, right, right? in the back corner to the left. In the back the corner yeah. to the left. Mm-hmm. And I found three bottles of uh, Karuba yeah. for $7. See, I got... There were um, $7 each. There was th- I should say there were $7 each. There was three on the shelf. Yeah. So I took them all. Another great dark Jamaican rum is Money Musk Special Reserve. Money Musk, yeah. It makes the best planter's punch. The planter's punch I like is from Potions of the Caribbean by Beach Bum with Black Tea, but that Money Musk, they had it uh, in that sell section for $8. So I grabbed like six of them. And yeah, went, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the more the more I started researching, I, I went through. So some you you code. went like totally down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, in a short. So it's it's my ADHD. Like I'm sure there's a little bit of like a obsessiveness in there sure. as well. Um, but picked up yeah, Smuggler's Cove and a bottle of rum. Um, rum um, revelations or something like that. It's a um, it's a hardback book. Rum, not Rum Revival, but although if you're on Instagram, follow Rum Revival because yeah. Arminder's great. Arminder's great. Um, but there's, a, I bought, I don't know, six or seven he's books. He's another guy that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. He's like, Where, who's this guy? Where'd he come from? Yeah, he's he's insanely knowledgeable. I've met yeah. him a few times. And I just wanted to learn more. And then, you know, it was really learning more and, and kind of watching whatever I could. I'm ec- ecstatic about the, do- uh, the Dawn of Tiki coming out. Because the more I started researching about Don in making these tiki cocktails, it was he understood the difference of of rums. Of what's he the really was <clears throat> like, he really was revolutionary. Yeah, right. I he, mean, no one was doing split bases before right. he came on the he scene. He was doing split bases, and what that means is, um, so the base of your cocktail is whatever the spirit is, right? Yep. And what Don was doing was he was splitting those. So if it if it called for rum. He would take that rum and he'd say, "Well, what if we blended this rum and this rum because it comes out with this flavor?" This, yep. Like he was looking for certain flavors that didn't exist in rum already, and so he would <coughs> a- obtain those flavors by blending. Yeah. And he would he would do that by basically splitting that base, right? Yeah. And and even like, you know, even splitting it amongst several spirits, right? Mm-hmm. So, but mostly rums. And um, he was revolutionary because he started doing things. Like incorporating baking spices, yeah, absolutely. people had never thought about before. <coughs> We're making these drinks, and you're making it with rum, lime, and sugar, or with whatever rudimentary ingredients they had at the time. And he thought outside of the box. Yep. Let's use all spice. Let's use, let's use this. Let's use that. Cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. And I often wonder. You know, he did what he did with what he had. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had the Dead Reckoning Australia or, or Samai or or all any, the liqueurs yeah, we have Kohana, today, yeah, all Cassis. the bitters we have today, yeah, uh, everything that we work with he today. Was a, yeah, a like imagine genius. what he could have made with that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is a guy that got really creative with what he had and started a. I don't want to say revolution. Is that the right no, word? No, it really was because... Right? I mean, like, um, he changed the world. Do you... Question for you. Do you know where he actually got his inspiration from? Like, do you know the origin of Tiki? The origin of Tiki. Okay, fill me it, in. It draws its inspiration from 16th century or 17th century, 1600s Indonesia. So there's something called Batavia Arak that okay. was distilled by the Dutch in the 1600s. Because, you know, back then every every European power was colonizing all over the world. And the Dutch had colonized Indonesia. So the, du- the Dutch had a monopoly on nutmeg, which was very popular in the region. And on the Isle of Java, which is now Jakarta in Indonesia, they were distilling something called Batavia Arak, which is a sugarcane juice um, spirit, or a sugarcane spirit, excuse me. And Arak, sugarcane juice spirit, is one of the oldest in the world. Batavia Arak was a style where you'd mix your sugarcane and then you'd use red rice as a starter in the distillation process. Anyways, our story comes into focus, though, when these Dutch merchants were drinking something called punch, P-A-A-N-C-H, 
and panch is actually the Hindi word for five. And for all of our tiki lovers, this is going to sound very familiar because back in the 1600s, they would take a big old punch bowl.、Uh, whenever I hear punch bowl, I always think of Mary Poppins rum punch, you know. <laughs> and、uh, and what they would do is they would take five ingredients because again, punch is the word for five. Then they turned it into punch subsequently. But you'd have your arak, which is your alcohol, your lemons, which is your citrus, sugar, which is your sweet, all right, your so- water. Uh, which is your weak, and then your tea and/or spices. So those were your five ingredients. So one of sour, two of sweet,、yep. three of strong, and then four of weak. When it came to five of spice. Yep, exactly. And so that when it came to the Caribbean, it was one of sour, just as you said. That was the rhyme, and that was the way it was done for planters' punch. In Martinique, they made a petite punch or a tea punch, which is a little bit different. But in in Jamaica, it was really a planters' punch, rum punch. There were all these different variations, and so. That was it for you know 100 plus years, and then Don the Beachcomber comes on the scene, or Ernest Raymond Beaumont Gann at that point when he's smuggling. And in 1924, there was actually a rewrite by Myers Rum because Myers Rum actually had been around since 18, 1789 or no 1879, excuse me,、uh, and it was designed specifically for the Planters Punch cocktail. But they did a rewrite did of the rhyme.、That. And this is all in、um, potions of、oh, the Caribbean. Oh,、so, yeah, the rewrite. Yeah, yeah, which is one of sweet, right, right. two of sour, three of weak, four of strong. Yeah, which that was、They、adapted. Fucked it up, yeah, that was exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that was the that was the adaptation of Don Beach's Planters Punch when the Beachcomber opened. But I really do like to think though that, anyways, before I get there though, Don Don Beach took all of those the one of sweet, two of sour, three of weak, four of strong. And then applied that to so many tiki drinks. So the origin goes all the way back to Batavia era、ah, punch. Ah, that's interesting.、Um, but I love to think that Don, and Don didn't just take what was. Don said, "Okay, here's a planter's punch cocktail. Okay, and this has you know black tea and whatever. I'm gonna do this. This was the ultimate hold my beer moment. Yeah. And Don took the basis of that. And at that point, though, no one knew about. You know, 1600s Indonesia and tea and everything like that. Don said, "Oh, this is a planter's punch. I'm gonna turbocharge it, for the lack of a better、mm-hmm. word, or、mm-hmm. supercharge yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. That's the 1944 zombie. That's a navy grog, especially when you start throwing in pimento dram. But it's amazing how wonderfully interconnected our yeah, little world yeah, is. Yeah.、Uh, but again, Don didn't know that. Don just said, "Hey, these are this this planter's punch in Jamaica. This is great because you know he was sailing around the Caribbean, but." I can make this better, and oh boy, did、sure、he did. with cobra、sure、fangs、did. and everything yeah, else yeah. that you could possibly think of.、Three、I can't wait for you to、dash. see this movie. I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't know if you know, I'm a producer on this movie. So I did know that. I learned so much. I thought I knew. This is going <coughs> to sound arrogant.、Um, I don't mean it to sound arrogant.、Uh, it's just because I'm an old tiki guy. I thought I knew everything about Don. Like I've been to the tiki thing for a long time. I thought I knew everything about Don. Boy, did I learn that I knew nothing about Don. I only <laughs> knew surface level stuff. And when we started doing research and interviews and all of that for this movie, boy, did I learn like holy moly, this guy was really layered and super faceted, right? Yeah. And、um, you know, his history and、uh, the stuff with the mob and and all the stuff that he even did like afterwards, you know. Once he wasn't part of the business anymore, there's so much about this guy. There's so much that didn't make it into the movie. There's over 50 hours worth of footage that was filmed, and the movie's about an hour and a half, about 90 minutes. So they're going to be—is there going to be a director's cut at some point? 
Yeah, you know, it's, <coughs> it's a great question because the first cut that was sent to me to look at was about three and a half hours long. Okay. And, um, and I thought like, oh, this is great. You can't cut any of this out because they're like, well, we're thinking about cutting this and this and this. I, no, 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 you can't. And then the next one that got sent to me was, it got cut from three and a half hours to two hours. Still felt like the same movie. I don't know what they cut out. That was an hour and a half. But they cut it out, sure. and it still felt like the same movie. And then it went from two hours to an hour and 47. Still felt like the same movie. Then they cut it down to an hour and a half. Yeah. Still feels like the same movie. Now I have recollections of like, oh, yeah, that one scene, that's gone. Or, oh, yeah, this thing with that so-and-so says this thing, that's gone. But then um, I know why it's gone, you know, because there's discussions about like, well, that's not really, it's not part of Don's story or it's kind of irrelevant, or this or that, or like, you sure. know. And it's like, okay, so that makes sense, so things get cut out, right? But um, as a tiki historian, to me it's important that it's documented somewhere. Yeah. And I would hate for it to stay in an archive that no one gets to see. Sure. So, to answer your question, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I'm gonna say something. So. Everybody listening, you're under an NDA. <laughs> you're under NDA. Do not share this. Um, they did not tell me to not share this. But um, so the film is being shot for distributorship. It's going to go to uh, the film festival circuit first, and then from there go to distributorship. There are parties that are interested already, and depending on the success of that, perhaps we will take all that additional footage and create a docu series. You absolutely should that will delve into those other subjects <coughs> with more detail. Um, Absolutely should. Yeah, so I'll leave it at that. We're, I don't want to say- all waiting with bated breath. I don't want to say what those other subjects are, <coughs> but let's just leave it as generic as that TBD is for now. TBD for now. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, so to go back to, to kind of the, the origin of this with our uh, delineation is, I, after learning a lot about Don Beach, and I still know nothing about anything really, I kind of wanted to to be after I went through potions of the Caribbean, realizing, well, there's a lot more that you can do with rum than just you know pimento dram and white grapefruit juice and falernum and all that. And also that combined at the same time, I was really learning that Don knew the differences of these rums, and so I then made a made a choice of there are so many amazing tiki people that are doing great in influencing. So I went no. I really want to just double down on the rum because it's it's a pretty right. wide open space. Not many people are, are focusing on that. Right. And the biggest thing that's also about Don is the, the the mixology and everything. But he also had an amazing palate and understood the difference between a dark Jamaican rum, a Demerara rum, an Agricole right. View, a Gold Puerto Rican, to not only understand the differences, but then to bring them into a cocktail. And, and, so, and know what works together. Yeah, what works right? and what doesn't. No, yeah, know what you can mix to make a great cocktail. Yeah, it's kind of like, I've always kind of thought about it in, you know in that scene in Ratatouille where Remy the rat yeah. kind of bites into, I think a piece of chocolate and then a piece of strawberry and then it, it like it's black and then you see the colors kind of yeah. dancing together. That's the way I've seen mixology. And so I, I initially wanted to be kind of the, the uh, rum bartending person. But then I, I kind of realized, yes, I love making cocktails. Um, that's great. But I really wanted to focus on the rum. And then so I would still throw these monthly rum parties after the tiki party. 
and I would just be, oh, the great thing about rum is that, you know, alcohol proofing exists before because of rum, or Grog's the oldest cocktail in the world, and that's a rum-based cocktail, blah, 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 blah. And at each of these parties, everybody would say, well, you, know, you seem really passionate about this, so why don't you, you, you know, do. why don't you, you do, do, why don't yeah. you do all of this yeah. stuff on, on, like, social media? And I I'd always kind of scoff and be, Tuh. I don't want to be one of those influencers because you have like a, a connotation, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody's with the selfie. Hi, guys. I'm right. so damn amazing. I'm at right. this restaurant. It's all about me. And that was my concern is that while it's it's a very interesting duality, you know, of course, I'm looking for uh, a spotlight and a platform, but I also don't want it to be about myself because in this wonderful country of ours, there's there's so That's many. That's the key. Yeah. yeah. I, I want it to be about the rum and Mo, like you ask an average American, probably if you talk to a hundred of them, ninety-nine of them, if you said name two rum brands, they'd say Bacardi and Captain Morgan. And where we are in this country, especially, is in an alternate universe. Think about it to where: imagine if whiskey, everybody in the world or in the United States, let's just limit it to this country, thought of whiskey as Fireball. That was Fireball. Right. Oh, well, I don't like Fireball because right, I had it. Right. Whatever. And then you know. And if these are their better brands, please excuse me because I'm not a whiskey guy. I'm a rum guy, but like there are Weller, brands of Fireball. Witcher, Booker's, <laughs> Pappy, uh, you know, like take your pick of you know Knob Creek, Woodford Reserve, all these other folks, Four Roses, all these other distilleries yeah, yeah, trying to yeah. break out and convince people there was more to the category yeah, yeah. Um, than just Fireball, and that's where we're really at with rum. So you know, trying Worthy Park Single Estate Reserve, Dead Reckoning, you know, Fiji Muscat Finish, Privateer Maiden Voyage, or whatever a lot of people don't necessarily know that there's rums out there that you can sip and it's on equal footing as the finest bourbons or whiskeys yes, or tequilas 100%. and uh, you know even for 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 our lovely tiki folks too it, it took me a long time to realize oh yeah I'm, i kind of just want to sip this by itself i don't need yeah. to yeah. to throw something into a nui nui or a chief lapu yeah. lapu yeah. or what have you so after some time, it was my lovely girlfriend who really pointed out, well, don't make it about yourself, make it about the rum. Yeah. So I started the rum champion in uh, September, late September of 2022. Okay. And so that's just, pretty recent. Yeah, I just yeah. started filming. And then at around the same time, I got really drunk at Tonga Hut in, Tom, in Palm Springs and just through a chance meeting met um, who would become my co-founder. Her name is Monique of the Rum Curious Club. So... Rum Curious Club started in January of this year uh, at my apartment in Marina del Rey, 12 people. February, it was 24 people. March, I was in Puerto Rico. And then April, I did it at Idle Hour in Harlow. And around that time, Tonga Hut had said, hey, like, are you interested in potentially hosting your, your Rum Curious Club at Tonga Hut? And having been to Tonga Hut, um, I didn't realize that that Marie had left at that point. Right, right. Um, Marie King also got me blacked out at Tonga Hut, which right. is a story for another time. But you know, now Tonga Hut needed you at that time because after Marie left, they had nobody to run their rum rum club. Mm. So, which it, and I'm certainly I the don't. The timing was the timing was serendipitous. Uh, serendipitous. That's what I was looking for. I haven't met Forrest. Forrest, I think, knows infinitely more about Forrest than I do. Forrest used to work at High Times. Yeah. And when I met Forrest, he worked at High Times. That's how he knew what he knew. Like, he learned through all the products that they sold because he had to know. Right. And that dude knows so much. So much. much. Yeah. So much. Um, he started doing these rum educations at the exhibition room, which is the speakeasy at Rock Sands. Okay. 
in Long Beach. Um, I don't know if he's still associated with Tonga Hut at all. You're you're probably the guy now over there, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, like Forrest knows his stuff too. Um, but yeah, you know, it always amazes me. I, you know, I get it as somebody who's gone down the rabbit hole, like with Tiki, for example. You know, Tiki <laughs> has so many, so many facets to it, right? There's there's the art, there's the music, there's the architecture. Yep. There's the history. There's the cocktails. Yep. Um, and the cocktails and rum was not one of the channels that like really grabbed me sure it was really more of the architecture community yeah community i mean that comes with all of it i think yeah for sure but it's really more of the architecture and the history yeah for sure and um what i'm getting at is there's there's people out there like yourself that just they're very passionate about rum and i just it's never been something that grabbed me in the same way although like as part of the tiki subculture mm -hmm. rum you know and cocktails like it's something that i've learned about because i'm a tiki guy yeah right and um because of that i think that i like to think that i know more than the average person i certainly know more than my people or my friends that are not in tiki yeah but um to the rum experts or the rum educated in the scene i'm just not as versed you know, but I also say that I love creme brulee and I don't know what's in it and I don't care to know what's in it. <laughs> exactly. I and just, you don't need I, to. I don't have to. Like yeah. if I go to a restaurant and they have creme brulee on the menu, I'm going to order it and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I always do get a chuckle when I look at the, the Reddit reviews and, and that actually is what really influenced the content that I made about when I do a tasting, it's more of, oh my gosh, this is great because of XYZ. Sometimes I'll throw out what I taste, but you go on to Reddit and Reddit, Reddit can be brutal. Man. Reddit can be very brutal. The one thing I appreciate about Reddit, even to this day, is it, it's, it, it can help, especially in the early days, um, buying decisions. So I would be standing at high times and I'd be like, okay, well, Martin Kate says, get this rum of, I'm just throwing out an example, Gosling's old rum. Okay. That's something in this category. I don't have anything in this category. Let me go to Reddit to check it out. But then to, to look at, some of the tasting reviews, and I think some of these people are super, super tasters, and this is not Gosling's Old Rum specific, but you'd get like burnt tire that's been in the sun for three right. days. And you're like, how do you know what a burnt tire exactly. that's been in the sun for three days? Exactly. It's oddly specific. And I'm not saying that they don't taste that. And maybe there's just some like subconscious enmity. I, I think some of it is also they're just trying to be comical. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they're trying to win the audience over with a laugh. And it's not really even about you. It's about them getting their laugh. Yeah, you know, hundred percent, or them getting their validation. They don't like it, so they're gonna say something like that, which will bring people over to their side and make yep. them feel validated. Yeah, you know that that's that's what's happening. Yeah, and that's that's very fair. That's very fair, and. Uh, it's tough, man, reading comments. It's, it, yeah. You I mean, just you have to. I, you and I both. <laughs> you just have to, like, you know, like, I, I get negative <clears throat> comment, like, I, I don't, I don't, won't say frequently, but, you know, it happens. Every once in a blue moon. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'll, I'll get it on my YouTube channel every once in a while. I get it on my podcast. And, you know, the truth is that, like, like I've said before, nine out of 10 times, or even more than nine out of 10 times, 95% to 98 to 99% of the time, 
it's someone who doesn't make their own content. Exactly. So they can easily criticize it because they have no idea what they're doing, what it takes to do what we're doing, or what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's just easy behind it's, the it's screen. It's easy to be anonymous a, yeah. and just be a keyboard, or a keyboard, keyboard warrior. Yeah, 100%. And you know, like, uh, you just have to remember that and just let it go. And and the, it's hard to let it go. I get it. But uh, yeah. my, our friend Justin Scard, I don't know if you know who Justin Scard is from Random Land. Uh-uh. Justin Scard um, said to me one time, he says, you know, he's like, I hired a guy specifically to weed those out of my YouTube comments. He's like, I have somebody who all their job is, is to read the comments. And if there's anything negative, just delete I, it. they delete it. And he's <coughs> like, you know, it's my channel. I can have what I want on my channel. Yeah. And if I don't want that stuff on my channel, it doesn't have to be on my channel. Call it censorship, whatever. You know what? Like we all live in this new world where we have to like, we have to either like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, adjust to it or yeah, adapt. Adapt. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm looking for. We have to either adapt to it or it's just gonna bury us. Oh, for right? sure. So you I, know, there's I, people who who've committed suicide over negative yeah. negative oh, comments. It's I mean, just so stupid. I mean, you can go back to I think the the 70s or 80s with Karen Carpenter, right? Where yeah. somebody made a a comment that and Karen Carpenter was never a large female. She was. I mean, as skinny as a beanpole. She was anorexic. And, yeah, and then somebody said, "Oh, she's fat," so she basically starved herself to death. Yeah, and people don't realize the the implications. I've gotten better at it. So for me, what's interesting is, you know, I did a a, a, um, a video on kind of a deep dive on Worthy Park, and hey, they've been around since 1670. Or I did something with Mount Gay, uh, a deep dive where I thought it was really interesting that, according to Mount Gay. Um, that the first ever American presidential inauguration, George Washington had Mount Gay barrels of rum opened and consumed, which I thought was a very interesting point. And then there's a whole history of rum in the United States, particularly colonial America that we don't remember, but like Worthy Parks pronounced since 1670. Hey, George Washington had Barbados rum at, at the first ever American you know, inauguration, presidential Didn't inauguration. And people would go, oh my God, I'm glad you love slavery. And it's like, right? So you you basically think that I love slavery because I'm pointing out a historical yeah, fact. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I don't get into the skin in the comments, but the I think the the prime minister or whoever the leader of Barbados cheered cheers that fact with the US ambassador to yeah. Barbados, which is what prompted me to call it out. Yeah. So, you know, and that that's that's what I get. Uh, I just, I don't just, any, just delete that shit. Yeah, man, you know? I, I don't anymore. But I used to get like I used to get some funny ones of I think that you just like calling yourself the rum champion, which you don't know shit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything. I picked the name. You know, everybody thinks it's like the the championship belt, but also I picked the name because of Game of Thrones when right. Prince Oberyn's talking to Tyrion Lannister, and it's I will be your champion. The concept of a champion. I for get me it. Is, I get. I get the. I get the the rum champion. I don't picture the the championship belt no it's you're fighting on what you're what of you're doing cause. you're saying i'm going to champion this for you mm -hmm. you're a, you're a super fan in, uh, an in, obsessed lunatic yeah, as so, i say yeah delete that shit here's the thing about um <clears throat> here's the thing about people who comment right this is just like yelp you're more inclined to to leave a review when you've been wronged yeah versus when you've been righted because if you're happy with the service, you won't feel the need to complain. Yeah. 
but if you feel the need to complain, you're going to leave that comment, and that's what people do when they do that with social media or, or anything like else yeah. like that, like with the, the, the media channels, YouTube and, and the podcast and stuff. And, you know, like I, it took me a while to understand that. I understand that now. And the truth is that, like, you know, the people that are out there are leaving those negative comments. They don't make the media themselves. They don't, no. they don't do the same stuff. They're just armchair because quarterbacking. if they were, yeah. they wouldn't have time to be out there like leaving right. negative comments, so, right? Like my 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 content, like I have so much content in yeah, the can do. that I need to release. That's just I have to edit and actually get out there. I don't have time to be consuming other content to criticize it. You know. Well, and that's the thing is, you know what? If you don't like it, it doesn't. It, it goes back to the tasting thing, right? Anytime I've done something with Diplomatico or another like Abuelo, you know, they put sugar in that and it's dog shit, and you're like. Chill out. Chill out. Uh, also, and I, I've never said this, but I've always been so tempted to be like, I will buy you a plane ticket. I will organize a national press <laughs> right. conference so that you can tell the people of Panama, Venezuela, what they're Guatemala, doing wrong. Right? Yeah, not only what they're doing that's wrong, but they're all idiots for liking sugar in their right, rum. Right, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, let me know how that goes. Go tell them. Go tell them how they're making their yeah. rum wrong. But, oh my god. Yeah. So uh, yeah, as one Trolls. content creator to another, like I support what you're doing. And uh, and, I, and I celebrate like the passion that you have for this particular genre that you are quickly becoming an expert in. Um, before we wrap up, can we tell everybody how to follow you on your pages? <clears throat> oh, right. Uh, that would be something that I would appreciate. Um, Instagram is is the main one for me. So at the Rum Champion. Um, that's that's the main piece, and then of course I have the Rum Curious Club. Currently, we are monthly at Tonga Hut in North Hollywood, a Bamboo Club in Long Beach, Old Fields Liquor Room in Culver City. Not a tiki bar, but they really see rum as the future. And then we just expanded up to Forbidden Island in Alameda. So, um, so that's that. You could find the Rum Curious Club on Facebook. Uh, as well as Instagram at the Rum Curious Club. I also have a podcast which you need to be on called To the Rum. So it's me and my buddy. I Constantine. didn't know this. Let's yeah. do that. So Constantine is the ex uh, U.S. diplomat to Fiji. He's an Alabama kid. A kid. Ah, He's older than me. Okay. But he lives in Fiji now. Uh, he's building a rum wow. distillery. Wow, Alabama to Fiji. Yeah. Wow. So what? he's a, I, We should have had him on this podcast. I know. The stories he could tell. I yeah. know. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's at To The Rum. So To The Rum, or at The Rum Champion, at The Rum Curious Club, at To The Rum. Uh, and then, of course, we have link trees on all of those so that wherever you listen to your podcasts, we do in-person events. And if anybody wants me to show up and talk about rum twist my arm <laughs> I love it I love it and if you guys want to follow us obviously you're following the podcast if you're listening to this right you can find this on any of the places where you get your podcasts uh, any of those media channels out there but we also have our archive at desertoasisroom.com and you can follow us on YouTube as well we have a YouTube channel where we do vlogs basically it's a lifestyle channel that supplements this channel which uh, follows me around at all the different tiki events. So follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Polynesian Pop. If you'd like to help support the channel, follow us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Polynesian Pop. I know that's a lot of links out there. We, we just <laughs> threw at them. There's going to be a quiz at the end of this right, podcast. Right. <laughs> but we appreciate all of you for listening. 
Thank you so much for listening to thank the podcast. We appreciate all the support. Thank you, Brian, for oh, being thank you, on this episode. And thank you, thank for you for me. bringing all the rums out here yeah, for us to enjoy. Follow our friend Brian. We'll put all the links in the description. And we hope to see you again at the next episode. Until then, cheers, cheers. and aloha. Aloha. Aloha.